Hi everyone, thanks for joining. This is Seeking Sustainability Live. I'm JJ Walsh in Hiroshima, Japan. And today I'm talking with John Stolenmeyer in Okayama, who's working on his own house. How you doing, John? Hi everybody. <laughs> doing great. Good to see you again. Hi, thanks for joining today. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you want to learn more about the work that I do, check out inboundambassador.com. And you can also find me on buymeacoffee.com slash JJ Walsh to get some bonus information and insights from the series. So right now we're looking at your latest project, which is going to be your own house. Is that right? That's right. I spent about uh, five years trying to find a place and... Uh, once I started uh, renovating these old homes in Japan, I realized that uh, they're they're pretty much, you know, anything's anything's doable with these beautiful old buildings. They're all fixable. Um, About how and, old? Uh, how old is this one? That is house? yeah. This was made in. Uh, I think Taisho 7, which is like, so it's about 100 years old. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That's amazing. And, uh, I found one or two places before this in Okayama, relatively close to where we work. And I made the mistake of waiting nearly a week to hopefully show my wife. And they both got bought by oh. people from wow. the Tokyo area before I was. And so I, I was a little bit uh, green. I didn't realize that you need to really put down a little bit of down payment right away yeah. and do you at mind, least secure it. Do you mind if I ask how much you paid for it? No, not at all. It was $35,000 for all the land and the house. Wow. So and it looks really, like quite really a big amount of land, too. Yeah, actually, I'm going to scroll a little bit to the left here where my sweet, sweet 89-year-old neighbor Tomomori-san is working on the, uh, her growing, garden, which is beautiful. Growing some veg. Now I'll scroll over here. This is kind of what my wife fell in love with. We've got Look at that uh, view. rice fields, our, our view, uh, all across. And uh, we have several rice fields and several garden spaces and then the vast majority of the small sort of mountain slash hill behind the house which was important to me because I wanted to be able to take care of the land right behind the house so that I wouldn't have any trouble with neighbors if you know if their stuff was growing too much and leaves were falling on my roof and all that sort of stuff it would be frustrating to not be able to take care of that so when I found yeah. out that I, that was in the deal I was I was sold there too. That's but, amazing. Did you have yeah. any trouble buying agricultural land? I've heard you might have to show you're a certified farmer in some cases. Yeah, that's correct, actually. So what we did was um, the guy who sold us the land, we ended up making a contract and all of the agricultural land is not in my name because I'm not a certified farmer. But he, in the contract, they stipulated that I will, I am, he's renting it for free to me until he passes away and then I inherit it. Oh, that's um, cool. So that's kind of a gray area. We're also working to change some of it over to non-agricultural land. This space, you can see 
maybe see my tiny little sambar, which is a little uh, K truck or K van. Mm -hmm. Right below that, there's a space that we got changed over recently to use as a, a parking lot. Okay. For the house, because mm -hmm. we don't have a very good access up into the main area uh, up there. Mm -hmm. Other than K, K vans and stuff like that, it's pretty easy. And we got a bunch of trucks up there. But for my wife to get a regular car up there on the, you know, everyday schedule, it's a little bit tight. Yeah. So we're going to do a little parking lot down there. And that, w that went by no problem. And then we're going to maybe change the other land over. But... Um, they generally don't want to change the land over here if you're, because you could possibly build on that and they don't right. want it to change from agricultural, which yeah, is fine with yeah. me, but I'm doing all the grass cutting and all that sort of stuff. And we're going to hopefully do a little bit of farming. But, um, the nice thing about this area is that all of this land, which is owned by multiple different people is all farmed by the same person mm -hmm. and, Basically, there's a deal where he'll farm it all and he's, you know, selling the rice, but uh, none of us have to do any of the uh, work on it to cut the grass and keep it up and all that stuff. So we get to see this beautiful landscape without That's amazing view working and unobstructed. Yeah. You're so lucky. All right. Yeah, let's it's let's talk cool. about the house. So you said uh, you've got a lot of projects which just came in, but you had been able to do the roof right before rainy season starts is that right yeah so the i'm gonna swing around slowly but surely while i'm talking with you if that's okay yeah of course um, we want to see you <laughs> the uh last year due to the coronavirus we had about four projects that we have a project in england and a project in america and a couple of projects here that all kind of got put on hold. Um, the project in England and America look like they're going to happen at the end of the, this year. But, uh, you know, it's still kind of up in the air based on um, how things go there. Uh, the projects in Japan have all started moving forward. But uh, I was thinking last year as I found this place, if I could get going on this, it would put us to work uh for a while in the beginning of the year when we were kind of dry and uh that worked out really well um i took out a big loan and uh put four or five of us to work for now about four months and um then from here on out we're really busy with about nine different projects and uh I'm going to jump off the house once this lower roof gets done and uh, probably do the rest on the weekends, like weekend warrior style. And uh, we're going to get back to work on the money-making stuff, pro stuff. Um, but it's been a really good timing. It was a little bit serendipitous because I, fin I finally found something that we thought was really good to move on. Um, and we're able to, the other problem was, you know, getting a loan and stuff like that was difficult as a foreigner in Japan, but I worked with some banks in America and then some banks in Japan and was able to scramble enough to try and make this happen. So yeah, looking forward to seeing how it all comes together by maybe next spring with the uh, weekend warrior action.
Well, so like I said, the building and land, and then with the fees for the real estate agent, I'm going to turn this back around. You can see from the other side here. This is from the land behind the house. But the building and the land and all that together with the real estate agent ended up being about 45000 um, And then, exactly. And then my, with my experience renovating these buildings, I was thinking somewhere along the lines of basically similar to kind of a new build. So about... 300 grand um but uh i'm hoping to go under that a little bit but uh the house was in really good shape and so it varies quite a bit um I, yeah it's pretty nice yeah actually it's not a shokurine it's uh it's it's very uh, a lot of varied species, which is nice. Um, there's a lot of, there was a lot of Yamazakura. There's a lot of Kuri, which is chestnut. Um, so yeah, there's a, a bunch of deciduous trees as well as evergreens, which is pretty cool. And then on the property, there's a bunch of nice trees, which my wife fell in love with, like camellia and uh, what's the other one called that looks kind of similar? I'm forgetting it, but Sorry. Thanks, Allison. Allison said my mic was off. Yeah. Sorry, I muted myself. Um, I'm just saying how gorgeous the forest across the way is. And he's saying it's quite a natural forest, right? Yeah. Um, you, yeah. you had a recent project where you guys did a pole. So you cut uh -huh. the tree with an axe and you had a community project. No machinery. You guys did it all by hand and you put up a post in someone's neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Was crazy. Yeah, we it was a pretty rare thing. It was basically a festival where we put up this um single column in their area. We cut it all down by hand with everybody. Uh we brought it down to the place by hand. We milled it, milled it all with axes and saws by hand. And then we raised it by hand, which with the entire community with ropes and uh it was pretty wild, um, yeah. but it was it was a good learning experience as to how difficult things must have been in the past yeah. to get just one thing done, which which was interesting. It kind of uh, ties into this building, which the uh, munafura, which is the board in the roof that tells who did what. Um, it's uh, really incre incredible. It has four different main um you know skilled laborers the first um on the far left it's the plasterer next to that is the carpenter and then it has the the date and then it has the stonemason and the uh sawyers mm -hmm. and it tells how long how many days they spent making everything mm -hmm. and uh tells all you know a pretty interesting history of the building um i'm sneaking up the scaffolding real quick yeah uh, and that's for this building the here roof. the house that you bought you got all the that's history right. off of one beam 
That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, pretty... Okibi has joined. Brett, thanks for joining. He says, happy to see it all getting underway, John. Uh, Yuko, Coming together, bud. Yuko has joined from uh, Facebook. Got an old house in Hiroshima, so very interested. How far do you travel to work, Yuko's asking. We've been all over the country. So at this point, we've gone to Tokyo, to Gifu. Uh, we've gone south to Shikoku many times been to Hiroshima many times. There's uh, not a lot of companies that work on these older buildings um, in the in the older tradition. So we tend to get, uh, you know, calls from people around the country for new architecture as well as old architecture. We've got a new building that's going to happen next year in Nagano. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, in a way, it's uh we're working on the lower roof here right now. And it looks like you have two building structures there, and you said they are about 100 years old or 100 That's correct. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, this main building is uh, so well made. I've never seen, when I came, I literally told them I would buy it in 30 minutes because I went underneath the floor and I went above the roof and saw that it didn't have termite damage. And when I looked at the level of the building, it was less than five millimeters off of level on any of the posts, which is, I've literally never seen that in any of the temples or homes that I've done, which means they did a whole lot of work on, the, uh, on preparing the foundation. Um, and they also did... Uh, I'll show you really quickly here as I sneak down. They I'm... laid what's called nobeishi, which are these long stones, um, so that the building uh, does not sink into the uh, earth as easily um, throughout the entire building. It's a pretty serious construction site, so forgive the mess. But, yeah, these are the nobeishi. Wow. So they're all along the entire... Uh, building underneath all of the structure. So that helps with stability and erosion over time? Yeah, the one of the most important parts for that is to have a good base. And of course, luckily this building's in a good place because it's kind of up on the hill. So it has a good jiban, which is basically the uh, earth below it is very stable. And when we do new architecture, we generally do a test for that. And that's how we decide what kind of foundation to do. But uh, on these old buildings, you kind of get what you get. Yeah. And uh, luckily, the, I think the, the earth below is close to bedrock. And uh, they also did a really, really good job um, reinforcing the foundation with these beautiful stones. I mean, the stonemasons spent something like 200 days uh, making all these stones wow. uh, specifically for the area. So these are the nobation in the back. That's amazing. And, and I'm, uh, uh, what we talked about these. last time and I'm always impressed with is the joinery. And I saw on mm. your Facebook uh, some of the projects you guys do and adding new wood to old wood. Are you doing that at this yeah. location as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
we haven't gotten into the uh, joinery for the interior finishes, so it's a lot of rougher stuff. But, for example, this here, this is a this is called a kanawatsugi. So you can see that the old column is joined to a new piece, and then that piece is going down to the stone. Wow. And then with only with wood, we've joined these two larger pieces of structure here. Um, and we did that on several places where the... Unfortunately, the only place that we had a little bit of rot was there was a bath that had been added on and so that area where I am right now had some columns that were rotting because they used a lot of concrete and uh, concrete tends to sweat and mm -hmm. uh, you get a lot of water in that area and a lot of times those places rot what's amazing to me is this building which has a chestnut foundation a sill foundation here and in the new architecture that we often do, we don't use a sill foundation. We literally just take the post down to the rock, mm -hmm. which you can see over here where I was just showing you. This post is just going right down right. to the rock yeah, there. Yeah. Um, this chestnut, chestnut and another type of key called enju, which is a Japanese pagoda tree, if you translate it directly, mm. are really, really strong in water. So even this area where uh, the bath was, the chestnut has not rot, it hasn't begun rotting, uh, which is really impressive to me. Um, the columns were uh, cypress, uh, really nice columns, so they, were, they should have been strong, but when you throw a big mortar job on them, it, it wasn't so good for them over the last 50 years or so. Wow. Um, and then... Where, I built this. where are you getting all the wood from? Is that you last time we talked about you trying to use more domestic wood? Is it all from Japan? All the wood? Yeah, we 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 get all of our wood from Japan at this point, other than some hardwoods that we use for finishes on the interior. Um, but in general, uh, the cypress, cedar, elm. Um, and, uh, a little bit of chestnut, um, and cherry are usually all from Japan. Um, and in particular in Okayama, there's a lot of, uh, got this crazy kura here too that I got to oh, work yeah. on at some point. Are you, are you working on the plastering with Kyle? Is he going to come do plastering for you? <laughs> Kyle's a busy man, so probably not. <laughs> he's but, the professional uh, he's, plasterer. Yeah, I just met with him last night, and uh, they're going to probably come do a little bit of a workshop at some point and help us. But we have another professional plasterer that's a Japanese guy who does who's done all of our projects before we met Kyle, and I'm probably going to have him come out and bang some stuff out. Nice. The guys are working right now on... Uh, what's called the sumigi, which is the, uh, we're replacing one of the beams that rotted out that goes in the corner. Um, now, you showed before how you replaced with new wood some of the beams 
and mm -hmm. columns. What do you do in terms of keeping your structure up when you do that? Do you get some reinforcements in or? Yeah, so a lot of times we'll take, as we take the building apart, we'll save a lot of the pieces that are in pretty good shape and then we'll use them with jacks to, uh, as leverage to raise up the building just enough to get the other pieces in. Um, there's a, another method which I highly recommend, but it's very, it's more expensive called, they call it hikia, which actually means people who move houses, but they can raise the entire building up for you. What? And then Just with you can hands? work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just holding it up? No. Just holding it up. They're uh, titans. No. But they, they <laughs> basically, they take uh, I-beams and uh, large pieces of wood and raise the whole building, and then you can do all your work ah. um, with them. So this is an example of one of the places that we... Uh, fixed uh -huh. so you can see the new the new wood in there yeah we had to fix this corner um are you are you just fitting it together like puzzle pieces or are you using nails and fasteners a little bit of both mm -hmm. um one of the things that i was mentioning last time is that uh in in joiner, joinery we tend to not use metal um, because the metal expands at a different rate than the wood. And so it could split the wood and cause it to, um, cause it to weaken sooner than it needs to. But, uh, in general, when you're doing like a floor or if you're doing a wooden wall or something, it makes sense to use, uh, metal fasteners cause it's not, uh, it's not going to damage the material, um, in the time that that that's going to last. So, right. yeah, I mean, when you're doing like a, a joint to fix a column or what I just showed you, which was the, the beam at the corner of the building, uh, we, uh, tend to not use any metal fasteners. And then for the floors and places like that, we'll fasten them with nails. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Um, can I gotta I, go grab my battery charger because my phone is okay. Can I show some down. of some of the projects that your company has been working on, like finished houses? And oh, you absolutely. tell me if if you're gonna use any of the same kind of design ideas. So you've yeah, got absolutely. this beautiful one, Satosho. Yeah. Um, and you've got the the I want to say burnt wood, the fire yeah. resistant wood on the outside. Are you thinking of using this in your house? Um, this time, in order to save a little bit of money, I'm not gonna do uh, yakisugi on the outside, but I do highly recommend it. Uh, it's a really it's a really beautiful finish, and uh, it's a type of fireproofing as well as um, a, you know, weatherproofing, windproofing sort of, it's uh, really element. Pretty. Is it, is it that much more expensive? You said about price. Well, so this time what I'm going to do, uh, which is also been kind of a dream of mine in a way, uh, is 
I'm going to just do a plaster finish on the outside uh, with a lime plaster that they call shikui in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my experience from seeing old buildings is that if it's done right, it's uh, it really, really lasts. And this building on the exterior, the, the columns and beams were shown and it was just plastered and it's lasted 100 years and it's still kicking. So... I thought I'd uh, try and uh, keep that yeah. keep that uh, theme together. I love that. But uh, yeah. it, without question, if you've got boards on the outside of the house and they're covering the columns and uh, the plasterwork below, it's definitely good for it. I mean, you know, there's there's no question if you've got another layer. The only caveat is that you want to make sure that uh, moisture can escape through the bottom of the wall or whatever so that the uh, underlayment doesn't get uh, rotted out mm-hmm. um, earlier than it should. What are, um, your, what are your plans for the inside? Like this Satosho project, you've got exposed beams so you can see the high roof. Um, uh-huh. And you've got a lot of what I would describe probably wrongly, um, the wooden <laughs> lattice kind of sliding yeah. doors. Are you thinking yeah. of a similar style? Yeah, absolutely. Let me, I'll take you into the wild and crazy current inside. Okay. Uh, right now we can talk a little bit about ideas. You'll have to have an imagination because it's hard to tell right now. So, um, this is, you know, that's the view out there. And the original entranceway was uh, right here. You can see the old sign up there, but I'm going to cover this entrance up with a wall. And the reason is I wanted to join the two buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still wanted to have a south facing entrance for some sort of uh, fusui idea that my wife has, mm-hmm. which I don't really understand, but it's probably correct. She What's, said you don't want is, a west entrance. What is fusui? Sorry. Fusui is like, I guess in English we would say feng shui, uh-huh. which is kind of like Chinese geomancy or, you know, directional, you know, uh, importance shui, in a building. Feng, feng, yeah, feng okay. shui, that's right. Yeah. In Japanese they say fusui, which means wind and water. So it's basically oh. saying the building is going to be uh, affected by wind and water and you should take that into account when uh-huh. you're thinking about uh placement of things and directionality of everything so wow um so this is the naya which used to be the building for uh farm equipment and then this is the main house here Mm -hmm. and in between that i've started to make an entrance okay so are you going to connect connect the two houses in some way exactly yeah so up here my buddy wakabaya's son is working on we put a couple of new beams in here. Mm-hmm. I took some of the old materials from this building and reused it to make a beam structure for the entrance. Mm-hmm. And right where that ladder is, you can see those stones. That's going to be two doors that open up. And then you'll step into the entrance and you'll have the beams above here. And then we'll have a roof, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I like then how, you'll be able I like how the beam is like a natural wonky shape. That's right. gorgeous. 
Yeah. I wanted to reuse them because it's hard to find these curved beams now. Everything's mm-hmm. sold straight. Yeah. Um, so uh, then this. Yuko has added uh, your head should not be towards north when you sleep, for example. Talking about feng shui. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Thanks, Yuko. And I, I was talking about having a western entrance, and they say money goes out the west, so you shouldn't have the entrance there. So my oh, wife was right. like, we're going south. Yeah, and Allison says it's about flow of energy as well, right? Correct, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's probably a better all-encompassing way of explaining it. Uh-huh. Um, so you'll, you'll come up, there's going to be a floor here. And then if you go into the right, uh, there's going to be some stairs going up here to the second floor, mm-hmm. a bathroom back there, a bath here, mm-hmm. and then on the other side over here, a room for laundry. Mm-hmm. And then if you go down the hall, that wall is going to take get taken out in one spot, and that'll be our bedroom on the other side. Oh, nice. And then if you sneak over to the left side of this joining area, that comes the old main living house. You'll go in through the door here, and this area to the left is all going to be the kitchen mm-hmm. and dining. And then this will be a bathroom mm-hmm. and a pantry. And then if you go across... This is the old entrance right here. It'll be continued as kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then you'll go up one step into the old area where the tatami are. And these two rooms will be tatami. And these two rooms are going to be a hewn cedar floor um, for a living and a dining. And I also want to have clients be able to come and see how a building can get redone. Yeah. Now, but what I wanted to address that you asked me just a minute ago was the yeah. the beams that you saw in yes, Sato yes. Show. Gorgeous. So I took the ceiling out on this side to be able to see up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on this side, we're going to leave the ceiling. So oh, you yeah. have a you so, have a idea of both. Yeah, I love that. So basically, you've gutted the whole house. You've just kept the frame, the structure. You, That's right. Yeah. You got rid of all the What was it like before you took everything out? It was uh like a t- really beautiful typical, actually. Oh, really? Like a typical <laughs> I mean, Japanese house? Yeah, I mean, this whole area right now you can see like a massive amount of wool insulation cuz uh-huh. I like uh sheep's wool insulation. But uh this whole area here was tatami. Okay. And this house I found out after buying it was actually kind of the head of this village uh-huh. and they had a they had two horigotatsu which is like a stone hearth on but in both of these rooms mm-hmm. there was a uh, another small uh kind of uh we could we say do which is like a place for heating water in mm-hmm. this room and then this room was a somewhat of a tea room Mm -hmm. it wasn't in the typical tea room style but it had a another bow cut for a kettle in the bottom here Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of uh apparently they had lots of people come and they would have meetings here and they would have you know food together and have tea together and it was kind of the head of this village do you do you have an engawa 
do you have like an outdoor hallway? Yeah, there, there's a, the other side of this room, which right now you can't tell because I've taken out all the doors. Um, but the space here is the Engawa. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, so there's an Engawa where this whole ceiling goes. This was all Engawa. Um, and on the back side, there wasn't an Engawa. But what I've done is made a small space, which is going to have below that beam in the middle uh, some doors that go left to right that'll be Yuki Mishoji, so you can see just below. Mm -hmm. And then above is going to be a closet um, for storing stuff. Nice. Um, uh, but Allison, it'll be nice because Allison is asking, is there a second floor above that ceiling? There is. So on this side, the beam structure is kind of taking up most of the space. Um, and I don't have a ladder set up, so I won't be able to take you up there immediately. But on this side, there was a room. Uh -huh. um, and it was likely for Kaiko, which is silkworms. Oh. Um, so this, where this ceiling, I've left the ceiling in all here. This is all floor. Mm -hmm. for a second floor space up there, mm -hmm. which I'm going to use for an office Nice. Um, moving forward. And it's got one of those cool sliding sliding doors that uh, goes up to the attic, so to speak. That is so cool. Um, Allison yeah. says, oh, wow, silkworms. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a, lot a lot of history of... and heritage of this place. Yeah, I actually found the uh, the record of the family who lived here had their lineage back to Nobunaga. Wow. So that is it really was pretty cool. some sort of and, and what the other thing that's interesting is the name of the owners of this building is different from the name of all the other people in the village. So they were probably I mean, I guess that kind of led me to believe that they may have been the head of the village because. The rest of the people in the era, I think it was Meiji when they were given names, were named Tomomori, but this this person was sort of the head and their name was separate. It was it was Hattan. So, wow. um, uh, Yuko is asking, do you have people to do your tategu, like Yukimishoji, or do you make that yourself too? Both. We make tategu as much as we can, and sometimes when we don't have time, we have two different companies that we, when we're in a pinch, we ask to do it for us. And um, for the, the people that don't understand what that is, what is tategu? Uh, the doors, the doors ah, in the building, okay. all the different doors, yeah. And yukimi so. shoji is like a type of uh, carpenter, or...? Yukimi Shoji, it actually directly translates to uh, snow viewing shoji, so a, sh a snow viewing shoji screen. So what it means is that the top half you can't see through, okay. but the bottom half you can open up to see just down. Oh, nice. So when, you, when snow would fall, you could open up the bottom shoji, you could raise it up, or sometimes it would be open from the start, and you could just see... The snow on the ground but you wouldn't see the the far off view 
I heard um, Mike Barr when I visited his uh, remodeled machia in Kyoto that they had mm -hmm. a shoji for viewing the moon. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. it's like the opposite style. You can only right. like see the top or the bottom. It moves. I love that yeah, idea. Yeah, that would be tsukimi shoji. Tsukimi shoji, yeah. Uh, Allison yeah. says, I love the way you respect and learn about the home. And Sarah says, makes the home super extra special, knowing all the history. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool to learn about it. It was, it was the guy that I bought it from was a really sweet person and uh, told me a lot about it. And then I got all these, he had all these amazing pictures of his family and I got them all together and said, you know, you should take these. And he said, no, we don't need those. <laughs> I said, okay, well, it's up to you. Hold on, I'm going to go up to the second floor here real quick. Okay, I'll show another one of the projects that you guys finished called Higashiyama. Um, mm -hmm. So are you probably taking some of the same techniques um, for the woodwork? You can see all the grain in the flooring and in the walls. Just a gorgeous project. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the I think our company's um, main ethos is to build something that lasts for a long time and is done traditionally because we know we know that the traditional architect architecture lasts for a long time because it's been around for hundreds of years. Um, but also on top of that, to really try and learn and incorporate, um, well, I'm going to put the phone down for a moment, to incorporate uh, the beautiful finishes that these older buildings have used, which means hand planing wherever we can and hand hewing wherever we can and incorporating uh, things like that that... Uh, a lot of it's been hasn't been passed down so much as much as one would like to believe in Japan here. So we spent years trying to get that make that possible and now we're pretty good at all those things and so now we're kind of on the roll of being able to you know, when it's time to hand plane, hand plane something, when it's time to hand hew something, hand hew it and really uh give the building some some uh, punch or some life with that old uh, those old finishes yeah and then to also bring out the old finishes that are already there I'm climbing up a ladder with the phone in one hand and a light in the other so yeah that's fine I I'm don't just recommend showing, showing some beautiful photos from your other finished projects um, and uh, Yuko says she loves the Mon gate so the front like wooden oh, yeah. sliding lattice gate that you've done with yeah, like a little gate roof. Are you thinking yeah. of doing that for your place? There was a huge gate here that was gone when I bought it, but I've seen some of the images of it and it would be really cool to do something like that, but it's going to have to be in the future because of money. It's not the first priority to have a gate on the property. So yeah. oh, we're going to get... That beam yeah, is this, amazing. Isn't this incredible? This is uh, the second floor of the uh, Naya, which is the no, where the farm equipment was. And I really wanted to be able to reuse this space. Um, it's a little bit 
you know, not very tall space. Um, but I figure what I'm going to do is, um, I think I lost you. Are you with me? <laughs> yeah, no, I lost you. I lost the image. Hold on. Okay, okay there we, we go. It. We got it back. I'm going to shine the light on this. So we redid the, the ceiling, um, and we're going to have some down lights in there. But then you can also see these beautiful hewn beams. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then in order to this right now, my head is hitting the beam. So it's a little bit low. But what I'm going to do is just uh, we're going to clean this puppy up a little bit, but then make this whole space tatami mm -hmm. um, so that if guests come, they can just come up here and go to sleep whenever they feel like it. And in the other room where they're living and dining, craziness is going on. It'll be, it'll be quiet. So if nice. everybody's in there eating and chatting and having a good time, the kids could come up and pass out here or whatever. And you mentioned and you've got uh, insulation, so that should help with soundproofing too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've insulated the ceiling and the floor and I'm not interested in insulating the walls this mm -hmm. go around. Um, I, I don't, it's not that I don't recommend it, but I think that uh, once you've got the ceiling and floor uh, well insulated, um, the earth and plaster walls, they're not a, it's not like they're a high R value or anything, but uh, I think they do a plenty good enough job in my, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, what are you, you going to do with the windows there? So yeah, aren't these pretty nice? I'm gonna yeah. redo them in the same vein, but uh, I wanna make it so that they're operable. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna make it so that they can, there's an inside window that they can slide open or closed. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, I'm gonna try and get some sort of amido in there so that bugs can't come in. Mm -hmm. Which um, is a screen for anybody. A screen, yeah, yeah that's right. And there's two on this side, and I'm going to, I think I'm going to put a couple on this side as well. Mm -hmm. um, just so that this space has a little bit more light in it. And then this area over here is just going to be a closet for storing, you know, futon and all that good stuff that people need when they come to mm -hmm. have a sleepover. Yeah. Great. Um, but it'll be cool to keep this, uh, this old Koya alive. Yeah. Uh, speaking of hand planing, because everybody's uh, saying how beautiful the hand planing is, you guys did a really interesting project. It looked like for a sushi bar or something, where you did oh, yeah. loads of beautiful yeah, hand planing. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah, we were asked by uh, another carpenter in Totori who has been a good friend and uh, of ours to go and... I guess the chef of the sushi bar had uh, had the the bar put in, and the carpenter who asked us to come had gotten the wood together, but then somebody else put it in and they sand finished it. And he went and saw another store that this carpenter had done that was hand plane, and he said, "I gotta get it hand plane." So. It was, uh, he was like, the finish is just completely different. So it was, uh, it was a 
difficult because it was already in place so we couldn't play you know we couldn't plane it and then put it in right but we got some special planes together to do the edges and then we got a group of four or five of us to go in and it was kind of a volunteer fun project where we went and we all planed it and had a good time and then had sushi afterwards That's amazing. which was pretty cool and it yeah. looks like uh, there's one picture that shows the actual wood, the log that was used, or maybe yeah, that was yeah, a yeah, different yeah, project. Yeah. No, that was gorgeous. Yeah, that was an immaculate piece of hinoki. I mean, and it had been in there for a couple of years, and when we replaned it, the the smell was just incredible. I mean, it just you know, the hand plane wood gives a totally different level of you know sort of uh sensory experience than the uh paper finished um wood i mean it had some sort of had some sort of uh varnish or something on it as well which also keeps it from smelling so nice but yeah Mm -hmm. it was it was pretty amazing once it got all finished i remember last last time we talked and you said if you could choose one thing to do in carpentry it would be hand planing that you just love it so much Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, hand planing and hewing, all the finishing is so much fun. Part of that's because, you know, you're about to put the thing together. Yeah. Um, which is another really, really fun part of the whole process. Um, but I'm sneaking up to the second floor of the other building here. Oh, this is Bear in the me. other building now. Okay. Yeah, this is where the, the Kaiko were. Um, so this is the second floor of that. I've taken out a bunch of the floor over here to get that uh, area put together. But uh, the ceiling of this building is really amazing because uh, it uh, it was this. There's this layer of bamboo, mm-hmm. and then above that was a layer of straw, and then above that was earthen plaster, and it was all like a an insulation layer slash to keep uh, animals out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked so beautiful. I wish I had a good picture of it for you, but um, what I'm going to do is put uh, what's called mushiro above uh, this, which looks, it's like straw mats. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to put insulation above all of that. And so, We'll get a nice another nice insulated later without all of the mud falling on your head. Yeah. Did you um, just put that bamboo in? It looks new. No, no, it's it's a hundred years old. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. That is so, incredible. And then this side over here is like I was saying, this is above the ceiling boards that we saw a minute ago. So the beams are pretty I mean it's a really intricate structure. Um and we decided to just open up the one side so that you could see the beams from below mm-hmm. and then keep the ceiling boards traditional on the one side. So you kind of get, I want to be able to bring customers to see different possibilities for a renovation. So yeah. one possibility is to open it up like this, see up to the top. There's pros and cons to that. You have to have some sort of insulation above that you might want i'm going to do some ceiling fans up here so that i can bring the hot air down in the winter Mm -hmm. but then if you have a ceiling like this 
if you have nice ceiling boards, that can be beautiful too. And then you can put insulation directly on top of that and, you know, talk about the different pros and cons. Um, and all those beams are, are different shapes. They're not all the same shape. Right, That's right. gorgeous. Isn't that cool? Yeah. yeah so cool. Really I was so cool. tempted to just take everything out so you could see it all, but I'd really like to kind of make this a showroom for what the different possibilities are. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what I need to show you. Check out the, this is the Munafuda, which is the the board. Uh-huh. That tells um, you all the history of the building. It tells you all the history. Yeah. Yeah. So it says Taisho Juyonnen. So it's uh, 14, Taisho 14. So it's not quite a hundred years old. And then on the side here, this is the plasterer, the carpenter, the stonemason, and then the Kobiki, which means the Sawyer. And then it tells all the names of everybody that worked on it. And then at the very end, it tells you how many days they worked. That's amazing. <laughs> it's really cool. How many yeah. days did they work on it? So the uh, plasters, the plasters were, it says Rokuju Amari, which means more than 60 days, a little bit more than 60 days. Uh-huh. Um, the carpenters are 480 amari, which means over 480 days. Wow. Uh, the uh, stonemasons were 25 days uh-huh. making stone. And then the kobiki, who made the sawyers, were uh, 175 days. Wow. 175 days just just to cut all of the wood and form it so that the carpenters could get their hands on it. That's amazing. And I mean, so one thing I'm probably talking too much and let me know if I am, but no, one no, thing it's great. I want to say is <laughs> I, I found this building. It's $35,000. It's basically the price of the land. The building's zero. If you think about it. And if you try to make this building right now with all of the materials that are so well done and so well selected, it would cost you more than a million dollars. Yeah. And so it's like what I think the thing that people will get the most hung up about with old buildings is, is it going to be comfortable in the winter and comfortable in the summer? Yeah. And what I'm going to do with this building is be able to bring people in any time of the year and show them it's totally comfortable and it's not, you're not like spending super expensive, you know, energy costs or anything. And you could spend 200,000, 300,000, 400,000, even $500,000 on a new building, or you could come spend the same amount on an old building. You can't buy this material. You can't buy this amount of work. There's no way it would be, you know, at least a million dollars to build it like this again. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and then on top of it all, if it's this old, there's no tax. <laughs> I mean, the thing's basically, you know, every year you pay like what, a hundred bucks or something or 60 bucks for the tax on the property because wow. old buildings are not, not taxed because yeah. they're not valued. But so, we, I mean, it's kind of crazy. But we live in an old house. Um, our we just got our house tax and it's fifty thousand dollars for the year. So maybe where you are, um, fifty thousand uh, dollars. Sorry, sorry, fifty thousand yen. 
60,000. Okay. So it's still $500. $500. Is, but your area my, is more rural, so it's cheaper, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, I think the taxes for this house for the year are somewhere around $68 or something. Wow. I'm showing the finished Fukuyama project that you guys did on your website. Oh, um, thank you. Thank so you. So people yeah. can have an idea of what yours might look like when it's finished. I, right. You know, the glow through all the wooden uh, lattice work sure, at sure. night is just yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my wife loves those uh, latticed doors. And part of the reason is because it's not so easy to see in. You know, yeah. it's, you're not like totally on view to everybody. Yeah. But also that beautiful rhythm that you get from it. So, yeah, I think we're going to do a lot of that sort of thing in here as well. That's gorgeous. Yeah. And um, I'm showing the bathroom as well. So you're going to have a, a Japanese uh, style or a Western style toilet. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to definitely have a Western style yeah, toilet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, anti-Japanese style toilets. I'm just pro-Western style toilets. Yeah. Well, I, so. you know, it's, it's funny because uh, sometimes people say, well, Japanese people love Japanese style toilet. I'm not sure. I think if you want to be comfortable, most right. Japanese people also choose the Western style, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, um, particularly as you get on in age, I think you'll notice that older folks are all happy to have a toilet that they don't have to you know, squat down and use because yeah. they're, it's so much harder on their body. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're going to have, uh, we have, luckily this place had one toilet already totally usable. Uh, we're going to get another one going and, um, have a one in both of the buildings. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good, good, uh, you know, they make amazing Western style toilets here as well. So. Well, it's it's funny when I go to the States now and you see hotels that advertise we have a Japanese toilet. And right? I, my I, my mind always goes to the squat toilet. And I'm like, what? Right. why would that be a selling point? Ah, right, right, But they right, don't right. mean the squat toilet. They mean they the just... modern Japanese toilet, which is a Western-style toilet, but done with all right. the bidet and everything, right? They just mean <laughs> the brand, right? The brand, yeah. Uh, there's yeah. also a beautiful wooden staircase in this Fukuyama project. Are you going to do a wooden staircase in that house? Yeah, there's going to be two wooden staircases, one that takes you up to the second floor here of this main building, and then another one that uh, takes you up to the second floor of the uh, Naya. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to work on that. I, I haven't uh, – I'm going to try and do a straight staircase so that I don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it. Mm -hmm. um but uh you know it's they're just so beautiful it's you know it's definitely a highlight of these spaces and the one's going to be just in the middle of this house so when you come in you'll see it uh you know from the kitchen right away and i think i'm probably going to put uh drawers underneath the one in the main space like the japanese tend to do so that it can you know the space below that staircase can be used well yeah. Um, I love that. Like and, even for shoe storage or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of times there's, you know, a whole bunch of different drawers under there and, you know, we'll be able to 
put little things that we need for the kitchen or whatever in there that we're not using all the time and all that business. So it'll be pretty convenient, but uh, it's nice to have, I I think that when you don't have anything under there, it's kind of a nice modern aesthetic too. So one of them will probably be that way. And the other one will probably be sort of Japanese style, but and yeah. the, the kids like to run under open staircases, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and climb up them from the back. We used yeah. to do all yeah. sorts of uh, gymnastics on the back of some of those open staircases. Right. So those are precious as well. What do you have hanging behind you? So this is, uh, I'm not actually really sure. It's um, It's something that the original owner had given to them most likely as a sort of certificate of something. Mm-hmm. Um, now I haven't really read it specifically, but the previous owner even said, I don't really know what it says, but you know, but I thought it was pretty cool. So I've left it up for now. Mm-hmm. And then we've got this beautiful Kamidana that I'm going to leave in place there. And I've chosen to leave the Tokonoma too, because I, uh, I love a tokonoma. I mean, I can understand if you don't have a lot of space, maybe using it for something else, but we're going to try and make this space uh, a living space. But then also when people come to uh, see the house, it'll be nice to be able to hang some a scroll in there, have some flowers for the season or whatever, so that, you know, people can... Uh, it, I don't know. I feel like there's Japanese folks who don't really need a tokenoma anymore and then there are those who still think it's really important and so it's worth uh if this is going to be a showroom of sorts it's worth keeping it there yeah so um last time we talked we talked a lot about the traditional hand tools that you used in your projects are you using Uh like an axe work for any of the parts of your house or any of the traditional tools yeah absolutely um well, I'll take you out to the entrance that we did. Um, I used an axe for a bunch of sort of preliminary work. It uh, wasn't the finish, finish, but then we have used the ads um, in tandem with the plane for the finish of all the beams that were in that entrance. So it might be a little bit bright and hard to see. I'm gonna... So you can see over here, maybe... Hold on, let me get, not gecko. Yeah, so, the, the axe work your your company is doing, well, you guys are doing, is just stunning. I'm showing one of the finished beams from your website right now on the screen. Yeah, it's hard to see the finish here. Oh, I can see a little bit. Because of the light. Yeah. It's all in shadow, unfortunately. But so I, I did the... I did the finish over here in ads and then this side in planing. Uh-huh. There we go, grab my light. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, last time we talked to you, you were talking about you have a healthy level of fear for for doing right? it. You you still have that healthy fear or <laughs> Oh yeah. Absolutely. I think my healthy fear has only grown in time with the uh, experiences that we've had, but yeah. No, it's uh, it's important to be uh, a little uh, creeped out by uh, super sharp tools. Yeah. Yeah. But being a carpenter for, you know, 10 or 20 years, you're going to have a, an accident here or there. So you just want to 
try and limit the uh, uh, extent of the accident, I guess. Yeah. Well, I was commenting last time on your barefoot method. And right. Uh, you still doing it barefoot these days? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> A little bit of both. I guess you can kind of see the hewing yeah. with the light on there. Uh, Yuko says, definitely yes to keeping Tokonoma, please. It's a luxury. Keeping a space for decoration that reflects season or your mood. My tea teacher changes it weekly. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the other inspiration for me is I studied tea under a teacher of the Urasenke school in Kyoto for a long time and still, still go to ceremonies and study, but not as much as I was able to then when I was going you know, seven days a week or three days a week, but depending on work. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a really valuable space. Yeah. Allison says also feels like you are respecting the former owners and the history of the house by keeping the tokonoma. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the, I, one of the pictures I sent you and I don't know if it's, you've been able to show it or not was we had a ceremony with the local shrine um Guji-san which is kind of the head priest of the shrine and uh you know without a tokonoma you can't necessarily have the same shrine and one of the important things that he was saying was you know this is a place to pay respect to your elders and so um not just the people who used to live here but you know our relatives our elders those all around the world so I think it's a good uh it's a good thing to keep to kind of be as a reminder for you. Um, but you can also enjoy it because, you know, put beautiful flowers in during the seasons and beautiful kakejuku up uh, uh, during the different seasons to give yourself reminders of how to, uh, I don't know, enjoy life, but also take care of people. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. That's our hour. We're finished. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to share in your house building adventure. You're doing such a great job. Thank you, thank you. Well, we'll do we'll do our best. Maybe we can uh, send some pics or something or meet again when everything's all finished. Oh, that'd be great to do a follow up. Yeah. You said you might be finished with this project next year, so you're gonna do it slowly. Well, I'd like to be moved in by the end of the year, but the reality of uh, the situation is gotta start you know working uh on all these other projects that are coming up so yeah. it's a constant problem for carpenters they tend to not work on their own home but uh, i'm gonna try and cut out a couple of days a week for the rest of the year and see how far i get and my goal is by the end of the year to move in but i wouldn't be surprised if it's next spring yeah well what a fantastic project and what a great legacy to pass on to your kids yeah well. hopefully hopefully yeah fantastic yeah. Thank you so much, John. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, everybody, for watching, and have a great weekend. And we have a, another great week of talks next week, so I'll post the schedule again soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining. Thanks, John. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you want to learn more about the work that I do, have a look at inboundambassador.com. You can also sponsor the work that I'm doing on the YouTube channel, Patreon, Buy Me A Coffee, Coffee, or Haps. Have a great day.